Hey guys, it's Tuesday night and we have Will, Shane, and Mark with us tonight. Uh, hey guys, Will, how's your day going? It's going really good. It's been a beautiful night to fly, but I chose to share it with you guys instead. And uh, I'm glad I did because I'm interested in the topic we've got tonight. There you go. Shane, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I uh, just got done with a, uh, what, five-day uh, camping trip with Mark and Will. And uh, did a little bit of flying. Couldn't be uh, happier. Nice. And Mark? Uh, everything is going good. Glad to be here. Right on. We were just talking, Mark's in the middle of building the house and how much that costs. Mark, in, in a few years, the lumber yards might be increasing their prices. I'm surprised you didn't wait till then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was about the peak of the market, so I jumped in. It's the way Perfect. To do it again. Right. So tonight we had uh, somebody wanted to talk about uh, FAR 103.15, which is... Uh, Basically, you know, I'm going to turn this over to Will, but it's don't fly over people, houses. Tell us about it, Will. <laughs> You're going to turn it over to me. I wasn't I expecting that. No. Um, well, yes, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, it's really more than just one person can tackle. This is a community uh, type of awareness that we all need to kind of click in and make sure that we don't ruin this awesome sport for everyone else. Um, one thing I wanted to start with, and I'm going to share the screen, uh, is that in a second, I'm going to share the screen. Everybody knows that the FAA vaguely says that you can't fly over congested areas. Believe it or not, that is not specifically to act as a getcha to the pilot. The reason they did that and left it like that is that it allows them the flexibility to take case by case scenarios and apply the rules to it. Otherwise, uh, if they made it a hard and fast rule, then there'd be no wiggle room for the investigator. So, uh, while I'll say that if the examiner, or the examiner, if the uh, investigator wants to find you at fault, he, he can, you know, but uh, I, I think more times than not, you know, they're, they're human too. And uh, a lot of them love general aviation. They've got it in their, in their heart and soul. So I, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that the FAA is just out to get you. Um, right. So, so the, the actual FAR 103.15, the actual explanation is no person may operate an ultralight vehicle over any congested area of a city, town, or settlement, or over open, any open air assembly persons. So it does leave it open, you know, as far as what they're saying there. And now this is actually one of the strictest rule or strictest um, rules in 103. Yeah. So right off the bat, it 
screen, I mean, any attorney, I'm sure, would be like, okay, what is the definition of congested? So um, I did find something on the internet. Let me share this with you. Share, share, share. And if you read it on the internet, obviously it's true, right? But this, I believe to be accurate. Let's see, video, slides, extra share screen. That's window, there, and share. Okay, can you see that? <clears throat> this is from the General Aviation Operations Inspector's Handbook. So when, you know, this would be somebody who was investigating uh, an, incident, an incident or whatever, uh, this says the congested nature of an area is defined by what exists on the surface, not the size of the area. The main thing is that the non-participating public remain the most important the determination of whether an area is congested or not. So the area may be congested with structures or objects. So is there, does anyone have anything to say about that? In particular yeah so does that mean that you could have a empty field well i think i'm jumping ahead of the gun here you could have an empty field but all of a sudden they want to do a uh, a stage with a rock band and five thousand people that would be considered a congested area yeah it would and so would a beach a beach is considered a congested area. So is a, an inter, a busy highway or an interstate is considered a congested area. Um, so now, if I, I, hey, if it's uh, if there's absolutely no one on the the road or the highway, I guess that would be a different story. But typically, you know, busy roads like that are kind of <laughs> by by default in congested areas. So. Um, I, this kind of, although there's no specific rule or whatever, or, or law or whatever, this kind of gives the, this is, this is what the guy who's going to be investigating is going to go by. Right. You know, the handbook. So before he makes his ruling. So now if we go to cross a road, do we wait until there's no cars going by? Hey. It, it, it's, it goes back to here's here's what the, I kind of came up with that if I have to ask myself if this is a congested area or not, it probably is. Right. You know, or put put another way, could the FAA, if they were looking over my shoulder, say that this was a congested area? And you know what I'm saying? Yep. So. Um, I, I really would like to emphasize the importance of sticking to the rules here. This is a biggie, you know, the, the importance of uh, protecting life and property of non-participating people, you know, other people and stuff uh, is a high priority them and i can see why right we can we can go out and mess ourselves up but that's not mess with anyone else right i agree with that and basically they're they're afraid of something falling off the paramotor you dropping something off the paramotor the paramotor itself falling on somebody else or something some other equipment that's what they're trying to protect 
Sure, that, and if you had to make an emergency landing and you were over a congested area, you didn't have anywhere to land other than a football stadium with the game going on or, or, or whatever, or a crowded beach or so. Uh, it, it's something that we all need to keep in the back of our minds when we're flying. Now, I, I have flown over a busy road, but on the side of it, um, but not over congested area. How, I mean, if I had any issues, I had an out, but the area to the left of me would be considered congested. The area to the right of me was not. Okay, so it sounds like you're skirting a congested area. Is that? Correct. Yes. I, I would. I say, hey, I'm just. I. I don't make the rules, and right. I can only share share with you how I would uh, interpret it. Yeah, I guess I would say yeah that I shouldn't be doing anything that would even skirt a congested area. I mean, well around it. That's a completely different thing, you know. But just to kind of weave in and out or whatever of a, a, a busy area, just so I could say that I wasn't flying over a congested area. Right. Um, so Yankee Paramotor has a question. At Hodges Field, a congested area during a bad apples fly-in. That would be considered a congested area. I would say yes. I say there are plenty of non-participating uh, people there, as we know, there's a lot of family. And uh, now, with any anything that I say, again, I I'm subject to make mistakes, okay? And I'm only sharing how I how I interpret it for myself. And if there's ever any question, I would much rather err on the side of safety than uh, anything else. And this is a real advantage, and something that I probably most of us do. But I record every single flight the gps so it takes it, it keeps track of my route my court everything you know what i'm flying over just in case there's any question yeah i concur i do the same thing i, I use uh fly sky high uh, from start to finish now sometimes when i if i do a touch and go i might forget to reset it but majority of the time i am i am definitely covered my, my covered my butt with uh, fly sky high. Yeah, that's a good idea. Do another question. Which actually, I had to have. Uh, I had to have that evidence not too long ago, probably four months ago, five months ago. Um, I had a sheriff stop me at my LZ and tell me I was flying over cows, chasing them. And I showed him my fly sky high that area, and I was over 600 feet. So he told me have a nice day and moved on. Right, that was smart. That was smart. I saw a question up there, and then it went away. Uh, was that the? Oh, you know, from Daniel. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. We all do need to police ourselves and others around us before it's too late and we end up with more regulations. It, yeah, you're right, Daniel. And that's kind of hard to do, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's hard to walk over to your friend and say, hey, man, 
stop it, knock it off. <laughs> no one wants to be that guy. But uh, just some gentle reminders every now and then. It sure can't hurt. And, uh, yeah, so that's all I got to say about that. You'd mentioned something, Eric, earlier, and that kind of is a good segue that Shane brought up. But um, what was it you said? Well, I don't know. I guess I'll get back to that. Most of, uh, oh, that's what it was, Shane. Uh, a lot of the complaints or a lot of the problems stem from people complaining. So it seems to reason that if you're flying around an area that's uh, congested or possibly becoming a nuisance to other people, well, your chances of receiving a complaint kind of go up. You know, whereas yep. if you get up and you get out and you go have your fun, come back and land, um, your chances go way down. So there's, there's not a whole lot of advantage to uh, just kind of other than, you know, showboating or something like that. I could see we've all done that, but um, not a whole lot of advantage to the sport as a whole for doing that. So. What do you do if you see somebody posting a video blatantly flying over residences or, you know, places that are congested? You know, is do you, do you call them up and say, hey, you know, this, maybe you shouldn't be posting these videos because this is just kind of like more fuel to the fire. That's a good, that's a good question for the chat. You know, we're just a handful of people. So what would, what would you all do chatters if someone was doing something that you knew was absolutely wrong, was bad for the sport and uh, they weren't remaining uh, within the, the, the part one of three, what would you do? How would you handle it? I did something like that. I, I went and it wasn't necessarily a video, but I commented on something and I said, hey, you know, and I brought out the good points. I said, but da 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 da, da you know, and, and let them know that, you know, that that's not good. And it went over well. It, it did go over okay. So, Luckily. I mean, I see so many scenarios where it doesn't turn out so well. Correct. So Daniel Ross says it's no well that's okay. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Daniel Ross said it's no difference in making sure a drunk for your drunk friend doesn't get behind the wheel. Yeah? Yeah. That's all you, Eric, or whoever. Yeah, we had a local sheriff deputy trying to accuse a pilot of flying over a congested area, the same thing Shane is describing, until he learned the pilot had GPS proof of his location. Absolutely. That's why a lot of us fly with cameras and, you know, we can prove right then and there that wasn't us. The only problem is it's only Jade and I up where we live, so it probably would have been us. But we fly with cameras, you know, and I don't post much when I fly with my camera, but I do watch the video to learn from. I also keep the video just in case something like that would happen. Yeah. If, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to Yankee Paramotor's question about Hodges Field being a congested area. 
First yeah. of all, I, I would like to, uh, if you don't mind, Todd, put your how you feel about that in the chat. Um, the second of all, it is quite dangerous to be, you know, flying real low over RVs and uh, vendors, tents, things like that. So um, I was just curious about that. JP, <laughs> JP says uh, you can put drag a road if there's no cars on it. But cars pop up out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I guess you're right. I couldn't disagree with that. Yeah. Just don't know. You know, and I know that this is kind of a sticky subject to say because there's arguments back and forth, you know, but. You know, I think the reason we wanted to bring it up is because it is an important thing. It, it is one of the major things that the FAA look at for safety for other people. They really don't, don't want to say don't care about the pilots in the sky, but they really don't, uh, they worry about everybody else. Yeah, but, but see, that's the beauty of it. That's what gives us the freedom that we have. Right. That one, it's it's kind of like Adam and Eve. You know, you can have whatever. You can eat from any tree you want. Just don't eat from that freaking tree over there. You know, <laughs> so so we've got so much, so much area that we uh, areas, different areas that we can fly. Um, we've got we got freedom uh, here in the United States that a lot of people don't have in this sport. Right. So there's a lot of people in the chat. There's Daniel, Travis, Angela, Bill. Shane, uh, Mark's in the chat and on the panel. Uh, we have Kent, let's see, Bill, uh, Miss Flying Flamingo. We have Linda. I mean, what, Nick, what does it mean when you hear about this FAR rule? I mean, to you, what does it mean? Because, you know, that's pretty important. To, to me, it means uh, don't do anything that they get called out on. Because <laughs> either which way you uh, you're gonna get screwed, in my opinion. I literally fly with the thought of I can't afford a ticket from these guys, so I don't want to be. I don't even want to get a phone call from them. I don't like Tucker gets phone calls all the time, apparently, and I want no phone calls. I don't want any complaints. Um, anywhere I fly, I fly high enough that it should be a problem. Right. The um, and that is really the way to think. You you know you got to figure. Okay, if I fly over this way, is there going to be any complaints? Or or what's the possibility? Yeah. You know, does it increase my chances or decrease my chances? And I I don't have a problem receiving a call from local FISDO. I mean, I I I don't. I won't say that I love it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they're they're just people doing their jobs. Um, but I'm I am going to do whatever I can to minimize the possibility that that happens. Right. So it looks like there's a few people that think that Hodges Field is kind of exempt because we're all there to do the same thing. But I I would say that the camping area is not 
you know, acceptable. I would say that is a congested area of people behind that flight line, which, I mean, I know you're not supposed to fly over that stuff, uh, but that would be congested there, in my opinion. Yep. That's why they tell you to get up and get out. Yeah, and if you think about it, they usually have uh, they usually have campers on both sides of the field. Yeah. Right. They did last year. Yeah. So technically, you're flying in between those those campers. Um, but but it goes back to why why even chance it, man? You certainly don't want to be doing any kind of aerobatics uh, in that area. Um, but uh, yeah, like Mark said, get up, get out, go have fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm just reading some comments here. Ah, look at this one. Finally got up in the air. Shane Wyman finally got up in the air, flew five times from a six-month law. Wow, man. Good job. Every landing. Awesome, man. That's great. Did anyone realize that yesterday was the first day of spring? At least I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah, Monday. Well, I mean, it's still winter where you are, Eric. I was talking yep. to the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still cold up there, isn't it? Hey, we have the best two days of summer ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... This I don't want to agree with here. We need an FAA officer in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he'll just show up to help, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. We have them in the chat. They're just not uh, putting anything in the chat. They're just watching, taking right. notes. I, I Learning think in the background. Huh? Now, so with... With these rules, these rules are for paramotor. Um, these rules are for power parachute, ultralight, which I guess we're all considered the ultralight category. Um, but powered parachute, they have a little bit of a different um, rule when I was reading up on it. And I, I, I didn't quite understand it, but they have... Um, because I do believe that the two-seaters, they carry a sport pilot. So they they can fly over homes, but at altitude of, I do believe it was 1,000 feet. Not 100% on that. But I was reading something about that. Well, I think that can't they fly under both parts, one or the other, uh, part 103 or whatever, part 91? Yeah. So, but they have end numbers also. They do. So I think they fly into a different category, but some of the uh, powered parachutes are, do fall in the 103 because of the weight. All right, I'm going to pull something up here. I'll share the screen. I didn't mean to share the screen so long last time. I just I totally forgot I was doing it. So... That and 
And there's uh, two questions in the chat from one's from Clark's video flying over federal forest. Is it 1500 feet or 2000? And then uh, John Wayne said, if they're overweight, they are sport aircraft. Yeah. Can you all see that? Yes. Okay. So this is Tailwinds Airport. All right. Just assume, leave the airport completely out. Let's just say you're coming in from any other direction. Your intention is not to land. Um, this area right here. What uh, this is a golf course. So what would you all say about flying over a golf course? I would say that would be considered a congested area if there's golfers on it. Um, if I was flying over a golf course, uh, what I would say about it is for what reason would you be flying over? See what I did there? Um, over. <laughs> Sorry, moving on. I, okay, anyone else? There's no right or wrong answer here. This is just a discussion. So this isn't a getcha or, or try to mess anyone up. We're just yeah, talking. Yeah, I'd fly over it with a little bit of altitude myself. It looks like a bunch of landing zones. All right. But what if there were golfers on it? I'm, I'm just thinking how many, I mean, if it's loaded down with golfers everywhere, that would be one thing. But I mean, if there's just a couple of people spread out on 50 acres, I don't consider that congested. I mean, I might be wrong, but I wouldn't consider it congested. Okay. I would say that the FAA would say that that is a congested area. Look at what's going on all around it. Not to mention the fact that you're going to have, you know, you're right at the approach or departure corridor at this airport, depending on what the winds are doing. But it, leave that aside. I, that wasn't, just pretend the airport's not there. Let me see if I can, how do I get out of that? Maybe I do it here. Let me unzoom. So, this was not done by design. I didn't pick that spot because it was so connected to whatever the rest of South Florida there. Look at all the other places you could fly that would be a much better choice, according to the FAA, you know, probably what the FAA would say. So I'd say they consider that whole area freaking congested. That's just my take. And of course you got the wildlife there too wildlife area but uh yeah i i i don't I know you, i bet you if you look at that wildlife area it's a minimum of 500 feet if not more oh yeah you most certainly i wouldn't first of all i wouldn't want to lose a, an engine there <laughs> i don't want to get eaten <laughs> but uh yeah what do you guys think in the chat? I know, I know personally, you don't want to fly over that lake right there. <laughs> That's a lot of lake. Lake Okeechobee, yeah. Notice the spelling of Okeechobee. 
there's someone in the chat that keeps spelling it wrong. I'm not going to point out who it is. So let's try another one. Yeah, I'm just picking things at random here. Right. All right, how about right here? This big empty parking lot. It's got a couple fields next to it. Dang, man. Ain't nothing going on there. Is I'd fly there. You would? I would. Okay, so, so change the question then to... Would the FAA can possibly consider it congested instead of I fly there? Well, zoom zoom in there. The heck is that a solar farm? So if that was a solar farm, I would not fly there because that's a huge thermal. <laughs> I think that's what that is. But Eric would fly there. I would fly there. <laughs> okay, well, back to it. It's a parking lot. We'll call it a parking lot. Because that's what we thought it was originally. That produces power. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, the thing is, a lot of those spaces, like you said, you know, you may have that golf course that was right there, but a mile away, you had open fields. Mm -hmm. Might as well just fly in the open fields. Yeah. See, we really don't think about it, I don't think, as, as much as we should. And I am not trying to be a downer on people's LZs or anything like that. They're hard to come by. And uh, one way to really get my goat is to start messing with my LZ, you know? So I know they're, they're special things. Um, but the idea is, you know, to help people keep their LZs. Right. And uh, if for some reason I did take off and it was kind of questionable or whatever, not that I've ever done that. Like we've been saying all night, get up, get out, don't linger. And, uh, hey, so we've all seen that Red Bull commercial where the paraglider's wearing skis. And he's skiing down that ski slope. He's skiing on the lines of the chairlift. He's skiing off the roof of the house. That was Shane. That was the stuntman for that. Because but I'm wondering, would that be considered? Would that be considered congested area? I don't know. I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, and you know that they had all kinds of special permission for that. Okay, I think this was a little town somewhere in North Carolina, Bennett. Um, yeah, there's a good one. How about this area right here?
Man, I wish I could make that bigger. We'll zoom in on that. Well, maybe too much. Is that good enough? Yeah, that's fine. You I'd fly that. Field, field. Yeah, I'd fly that. I don't see any problem with that. So here's a good question from Hot Buttered Steve. Does the same rule apply to paragliding? I don't know that answer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know that answer either. It's a good question. I have to get Robert Michaels on here. Well, yeah, I mean, that right there, that what you're showing is you could hop from field to field to field. Yeah. And have a lot I, of fun doing it. I, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, see, the town's way over here. There's nothing to the north, <clears throat> southwest. That looks completely rural to me. Right. Um, what is this here? Mobile home place? I wouldn't just linger around, you know, these buildings and stuff or, or foot drag a, a road or anything like that. Unless, you know, like JP said, I guess it's completely empty. What would you do, Shane, there? I would uh, carve all the tree lines and uh, have as much fun as possible, as long as there's no power lines. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't look congested to me at all from, from this view. Yeah. What is the white? What are the building looking things in that in that uh, i think they're quonset huts maybe it's uh some tobacco barns or something like that <clears throat> i would foot drag those i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. so does anyone in the chat have any other questions i guess we can start tackling those if you want to eric yeah i'm i'm looking here There was a couple of questions up further here. I'm trying to find them. So Steve Clark had a question about flying over National Park. What's the what? Go ahead. He was just asking, you know, over, I think it was, a, I think he, he, he labeled it Federal Forest. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to show him. So I just typed in FAA national park altitude. See what comes up under Google. The information that, uh, if you, if you ever have any questions about well, anything, of course, Google it. And I mean, there, that question has been asked a gazillion times, um, but it's a good question. Pilots are requested to maintain, now notice it says requested, requested to maintain a minimum altitude of 2,000 feet above the surface of the following. National parks, monuments, seashores, lakeshore, recreation areas, scenic riverways administered by the National Park System, National Wildlife Refuge, Shane's House, Big Game Refuge, Game Ranges, <laughs> and Wildlife <laughs> So there you have it. 
Yep. Suggested. It is a suggestion, but why not follow the suggestion, you know? Yeah, because they the park rangers will call the FAA. And the FAA will visit you and say, we suggest that you fly at a 2,000-foot altitude. And the last thing you want to do is have them showing up at your door. Yeah. Why not stay under the radar as long as you possibly can? (laughs) What's the benefit? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to unshare here. So we can see Eric's face. Well, there we go. isn't that nice? Enough of that. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just, it really is up to your discretion as far as. You know, making sure that you're being smart about it. Sure. That's a that question's a little bit off, off topic, but it is a good question. We're mostly interested in the commercial topics related to PPG. Like, what if you wanted to do something for your work, PPG related, and prove you didn't get paid for it? Okay. So for that, I'm back to the share screen here. What I would do is pull up the AC circular. And it talks specifically about, let's see, recognize technical standards. Let's see if I can find it real quick. The person who wants to know, no, no. standards. Control. First of all, if you have a question, flight standards, the the, F, the FISDO will, that would be a, a place to go, uh, a place to call, flight standards district office. Um, let's see if we can delve into it here just a little bit. If you want to talk while I'm doing this, it's fine. I'm just kind of going through it real quick. I'll find it. Well, we're listening to you. <laughs> All right. Sports. Particular operation, recreation, sport. Nope. Yes, Daniel said, as long as it's uh, not for profit, you should be fine. I guess every circumstance would be taken on an individual basis. You'd have to look into it. Okay, determine whether particular flight undertaken to accomplish some task, such as patrolling, offense, advertising. No. Is the ultralight equipped with attachment or modifications? No. Is the pilot advertising his or her services to perform any task using an ultralight? An example of that would be putting your logo on your wing, your uh, phone number, stuff like that. Um, Okay, so examples of operations which are clearly not for sport or recreational purposes. Aerial advertising, Part 103, does not apply to operations that include the towing of banners, use of loudspeakers, program light, uh, light chains, 
smoke writing, droplet leaflets, and advertising on the wing, nor does it apply to use the interchangeable parts with different business advertisements or applying specific patterns. Basically, what I think what he's asking is, can I just use it as my car? Is that kind of what you're asking? Here, he's being more specific in my case. I work for a restroom and shower trailer company. We have a trailer at a Facebook data center within five miles of my favorite flight field. Okay, and he's being paid while he's doing it? I, 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 I'm not 100% on fly there and post on my work's Facebook, but I feel that would violate the rules for being in court to prove that I didn't get paid for it. Controlling. Let me read a little further here. I don't know that answer. Let's see here. Oh, here. No, I just want to fly around it and share it on my work's social media. That would be fine because you're not get you're not benefiting from it, you know, financial gains in any way. And you know, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, you're not you're basically just using it to get from point A to point B, but you're not being paid to go from point A to point B. I I wouldn't see a problem with that. Yeah. 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 So does anybody else have any questions about that? FAR uh, 103.15. And yes, you can go onto the internet and find all types of information about all of the 103 rules. And Mark had a question. Mark, what was your question you asked earlier before the show? I do not remember. Must have been a good one. Yep. Right here. Okay. Well, uh, we'll just put that in the corner. We'll we'll put Steve's question in the corner there is uh, not entirely sure, but if it were me, I don't believe I'd have a problem doing that. If I was not on the clock. Um, right. Anyways, Craig Taylor, it's like all FAA documentation left to interpretation by the reader, not the author. Yeah, Craig, I agree with you 100%, but there's also the ability, it gives some flexibility to the investigator too, to make the determination. And there are cases where that has actually happened. You can try to find that if you like, Eric. I'm sorry, um, say that again. I could try to find that if you like. Uh, but one thing that comes to mind is somebody was uh, was accused of flying over 
a uh, congested area. Well, the congested area was basically a couple of houses. And what the investigator came back with is there was no way to prove that there were occupants in the houses at the time he flew over. So he he didn't uh, he wasn't considered flying over. He couldn't say the guy was for sure flying over a congested area. But what does that tell you? You're flying over one house. There's one person in that house. That's a congested. That, that's you can't fly over a house is what that tells me with with, with someone in it. What do you guys think? So should we land and then hit their ring doorbell and ask them if they're home? Just fly low <laughs> enough so you activate their ring doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now, yeah, okay, so, so I'm sorry. Let me let me wrap that up what I was yeah, saying. The the so the fact that he, the investigator could not prove that the house was occupied or that there's anyone in the house. He could not definitively say that the guy was had done something or the pilot had done something wrong. But if the rule was such that you cannot directly overfly a house. Yep, that would, that's what they consider structures. Yeah. So the investigator's hands would be tied. So I, I I'm of the belief that it's it gives it, it benefits more than uh, harms us. When it's vague like that. Steve has a question. Do you know when the FAA got involved with powered paragliding? My good gosh. This, we were, we went to an EAA chapter meeting this Saturday while you guys were all at your fly-in having fun. We went to a EAA chapter meeting and it was pretty neat because they discussed uh, something along these lines. And I, I, I was asking Jade, I don't recall what he said about it, but I do know that the FAA, this was way back with ultralights, you know, before paramotors were even, you know, part of this. Um, but they just threw us into the ultralight categories. So it's, and, and the FAA has had the ultralights around for a long time. So I know that doesn't exactly answer your question, but. Yeah, we're, we're, we're classified in with the ultralights, so. Um, but it's been around a while. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of brought that up, that the this uh, EAA chapter that we joined was UL-75. It's, it's actually, it was um, kind of interesting for both Jade and I, and very, very reasonably priced to join. Um, and we went to this meeting, and we were talking about uh, entering class... Was that class B airspace? Huh? D? Class D airspace. And they were, you know, based it on ultralights and stuff and how to do it and how go about to do it. So, you know, and it was very interesting learning things like that. I hope they do that at each meeting because we actually uh, learned quite a bit. So if you find a EAA chapter, you know, in your area might be beneficial to join. 
So uh, part 103, I Googled it. Part 103 was instituted July 30th, 1982, and it was effective October 4 that same year. So there you have it. Well before my paramotoring career. Yes. There we go. We're back. So Shane had a question about flying over a congested area. If you're over a house, for instance, let's say three to 400 feet, uh, if you were right over it, there's no way you could present a danger as you could glide away from the motor out. Correct. That's a motor out, but they're worried about things falling off your paramotor, like the motor. So I think that's where I wouldn't take the chance. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And, you know, a thousand feet is, is what I would say. And uh, 500 feet from any vehicle, vessel, whatever structure, stay stay away from any potential. Now, I'm not telling you to do it, Craig. I'm just telling. Again, this is just for me. I'm trying to stay away from any potential uh, problem. So you're saying a thousand feet horizontally, not a thousand feet over, because we cannot be ten thousand feet and over a house. No, I'm talking AGL above the ground about 10,000 right. feet over a no what we cannot be 10,000 feet over a house no you're Not saying be a thousand feet horizontally away from the house at that well that would certainly do but i mean hey man i am not the answer man here i, right. I know um, you're the ice cream man huh you're the ice cream man I'm the ice cream man. I'm saying go over and above what you think you should be doing to make sure that you stay well within what the FAA considers or could consider potentially hazardous to people or property on the ground. Right. That's my point. And it is not hard to do. If you're questioning whether it's safe or not or whether the FAA would, would deem it congested or uh, allowable, under the rule, don't do it. Right. If I advertise his or her services, TV, perform any task, what, any task, if so, part 103 does not apply. If the pilot advertising his or her service tv perform any task well, well that's right Craig. i mean you cannot do that and fly under part 103. Uh, any part of compensation for performance of a task using an on so that's correct so and that's how i read it too here, this is interesting. It's up to the interpretation, right? Uh, though, right. In Mazula, uh, a paraglider flies slightly, let's see, goes directly over the city and LZs into a football field within a neighborhood. I would say that's a congested area, but it's fully allowed. 
paragliding. He paragliding, so I couldn't answer that. I don't know the paragliding rules. I don't know where they fall. Yeah, I don't either. But I have seen some of the paragliders uh, flying in Missoula, uh, and it does look like a lot of fun because they do have actual mountains there. Cool. What are you drinking, Mark? Uh, coffee. Yeah, right before bed. Yeah, normal. Craig Taylor, but if your business and on my wing, you don't pay me or tell me where, when to fly, where does that fall? It's it is specifically addressed in the AC circular, and that is that uh, that's not allowed. What it's what about the the only one I've ever seen, or the most famous one I've seen that everybody has seen? Don't say it! Don't say it! Don't say it! But I know what you're talking about. Okay, and that's uh, so that's not uh, legal. You don't think? Huh. I do not. Even if even if it's his own business, yep. Huh. But don't take my word for it. That's just my interpretation. As is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about tonight. Um, and uh, uh, Yankee Paramotor says paragliders. Paragli paragliders are still governed by FAR one hundred three. They are ultralights. Yeah. So if that's the case, then the same rules would apply to paragliders as paramotors. Okay. So how does Red Bull get away with putting their stickers on absolutely everything? On what in particular? Well, they have you. I mean, everybody's seen the wings that say Red Bull on them. In what country? Oh, well, I, I mean, really, I, right? Really. I guess I don't know if I've seen them here. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if the law would apply if they took footage of a paraglider flying in Istanbul with the Red Bull logo and slapped it in a commercial over here. What about Mac Para Ozone? I thought about that. I thought about that. I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah, the big M logo up there. Uh, I. I Hey, <laughs> it's uh, it is the manufacturer of that specific wing, so I uh, yeah, I'd have to give them a pass. Plus, so I never know what the center of the wing. Technically, if you alter that wing, that is not an ozone wing anymore. That is your wing. You altered it. So, can I put my name on it? I think you should go out and do that immediately and fly right <laughs> over to FISDO, your local FISDO, and just kind of do a couple steep spirals around. See what they say. <laughs> I just want to know if it's okay if I can have my name on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe like underneath where the tag is, maybe you could just like handwrite your name right on it. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's interesting question. I mean, I'm just curious. 
What about a uh, big pair of life or a will fly uh, to drive people for your YouTube channel? Paralyzed, definitely not. Will fly is okay. It's no problem doing that. <laughs> so, in <laughs> fact, Mark, you should maybe get a will fly logo and put it on your wing since that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's where I was going with that. <laughs> hey, I, I would say no to both. You know. Anyone disagree with uh, with with me in the chat? See, this is a conversation and. Uh, so I would think if I order a new wing, it's going to have a Paralife logo on the bottom of it. Uh, I don't make no money off that. The pilot is not making money from the logo. I'm going to find it again here. Go back to freaking. So right here, this was kind of something that I was talking about, you know, before our pre our during our pre-show. Jeff Gohn says, as long as you fly between the houses, you're all good. I guess that's all in how you read your 103 rules. See, so keep in mind, how, how do you read them? And how's the FAA going to read them? Right. And it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I read them. It uh, matters how they do. Aerial advertising. Part 103 does not apply to operations that include the towing of banners and use of loudspeakers, program light chains, smoke, writing, dropping, leaflets, and advertising on wings. Nor does it apply to the use of interchangeable parts with different business advertisements or flying specific patterns to achieve maximum public visibility. So it says specifically advertising on wings there. But if you, yeah. Hmm. I'll let you read this next statement, Will. I got a Will Fly tattoo, just don't ask where. Now, come on, man, I got to know where. Dang. <laughs> Send pictures, man, private chat. <laughs> Look me up, man. So, um, so what do you guys think? I mean, do, does that mean that you can't put your logo on your wing? If I can, I'm screwed. I got my logo on there. All my son's logo. Here you go. I disagree with everything Will says. Just fly away from the popo <laughs> <laughs> if they try to catch you. <laughs> That's uh, probably pretty good advice. I'm just trying to read questions here. Did my logo show up on the background? 
Why am I not showing up on the background? Good Lord. Yeah, we can see yeah. you and the logo. Yeah, it's showing up. I definitely don't make no money off of that. It kind of matches my shirt. Hey, just so you know, Wicked Wing logos um, help me with that, that uh, sticker on my wing, and they will be more than happy to uh, help anybody else out with a, uh, a sticker of any, pretty much of anything of their choosing. Uh, if you go to uh, Wicked Wing logos, I believe, oh, Craig, help me out. Give me the last part of that, Craig, and I'll, I'll give you a shout out. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Um, Craig Kaler is a super nice guy. Um, he hasn't gotten a 40 yet, so I haven't been able to meet up with him and fly with him again. But uh, as soon as he does, that'd be nice because I'm kind of bored here lately. I haven't had anybody lately to fly with, like in the last week or so. Uh, oh, wait. I, I'm sorry. I, I did fly with Will and Mark. I forgot about that already. <laughs> well, I mean, at least nobody good. Yeah, nobody good. Nobody that can, that doesn't crash. Oh well, well I did fly with you. You didn't crash, right? No, not that I remember. Uh, what are you insinuating? <laughs> um, well, you didn't end up in a briar patch. That's good. So, does yeah. anybody know Tony's answer or question? And so, if you're tandem, you can't charge a price. Just split the cost. I'd, I'm not a tandem person, so I really don't know. My guests would tell me, no, you cannot charge, but other than, I, I don't know. I don't know. So you can charge, but it's for a training flight. It, you cannot go out and get your buddies to get their cameras and take them for a photo shoot. Um, there is certain things that you have to explain to them before they crawl into that machine. Um, but yes, you can charge legally. You have to have a tandem exemption um, from the FAA and also you have to have your tandem certificate from uh, USPPA or what is that, uh, ASC? So that's how they get away from that. There you go. Greg Taylor says that he reads it differently. And uh, I'm assuming he's talking about advertising on the wing since it isn't compensated. Uh, I, I, that's just one of those things, man. I, uh, I read it one way, he reads it another. And in the end, that would be a question specifically for the FISDO if you really want an answer to it. Yep. Um, so there you have it. And uh, now, as far as Shane's logo there, that I don't think the FAA would have a problem with that. It's not associated any in any way to a business, right? Nope. It's just my um, memories of my son. So yeah. See, that goes right back to it. If it was a hard and fast rule. There would be no leeway, you know, and I, you know what I mean? So I don't think they would have a problem with, with that. Yeah. Steve says, I think you can put a logo on it. Just can't make money commercially from PPJ related activities outside of training and introductory tandems. 
Okay, but where is that? Where does it say that? Right. Where is the best place to get wing logos these days? Wicked wing logos. Uh, isn't uh, Aviator puts the logos on for the Paradigm team. And they're getting paid. Um, yeah, but there may be some waivers involved there too. Don't know. And I don't know if the Paradigm team is a for-profit uh, not-for-profit. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know I know about the Paradigm team, but I don't know its structure. Right. So there, uh, Paraninja had a question about flying Moab. You know, I, I think that's where the arch is, right? Yes. And he's asking if that's not a national park. Uh, on one of Jade's shows, they talked about it. Some of that is national park, and some of it is not. Okay. So remember, that is a suggested altitude, not a hard and fast, you know, rule. Right. In the chat, Bradley Beck uh, asked, "Where can?" Where can we get some wing logos? Does anyone know? Wicked wing logos. Is that a dot com? I don't want to mess that up. Shane was just asking about that. Yeah, I know. I can't. I, it's killing me. I and I'm I'm a complete ass for not knowing this answer. I totally. <sighs> I can't remember if it's .com. Let me or... look it up. I literally feel horrible about it. Yeah, I'm looking here. Okay, so uh, Paul Marzano says the pilot's not making money from the logo. They're making the case that the logo is okay. <clears throat> Jane Wyman, I watched the video, you guys. Uh, that's not a question. All right, I'm going to put uh, his email in the chat. So hopefully that helps. If you want to get a hold of him, gmail.com. Yeah. Yankee Paramotor, we can all just pick out a BGD without any names on them. If you're a tandem, do they sign a waiver as a passenger? Absolutely.
Dang, man. I've missed a lot of stuff on the chat. I'm still scrolling down. Yeah. What do you mean, yeah? What do you expect I, it? No, I mean, I'm. that's what I'm doing is I'm digging through here, too. <laughs> Bill H., this is an awesome – I'm sorry. Did I just clear a chat? No, go I mean, ahead. I, I'm still here. Go ahead. Okay, Bill H. says, we are responsible for the future direction the federal government takes with respect to ultralight vehicles, the passions of the ultralight community. Amen. Could have said it any better. That was the sole purpose of uh, tonight's show. Yep. Here, you may, well, maybe you know this answer. The FISDO can't answer it either. Only asked if there was monetary exchange no, no exchange. Bizdo goes radio silent. Okay, but now if something happens, they're not gonna they're they're not gonna be radio silent then. Um, not to mention the fact that uh, think about this: you got your name all over your logo, whatever you want to call it, um, and it is associated with your business, and you wreck. Who's going to be responsible? What are the attorneys going to go after? I don't know. I'm just saying. Right. Okay, here. Uh, I have a custom wing question. I wanted to buy a fast wing in custom military gray with the USAF uh, logo on it, each wingtip. I've asked many uh, aviation forums and no one knows if it's legal. Well, you know, people make replicas of remote control airplanes that are have that on there. All right, one more time. It says no advertising on wings. It doesn't specifically say advertising for profit or it says and advertising on wings. So if it's not advertising, yeah, man, go for it. Tony says Walter's in the chat. We can start our show now. You okay, Shane? Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> so anytime I choke on liquid of soda, beer, whatever, I sneeze. Chris Dish yelled, he sneezes. <coughs> Oh, we're good now. Moving on. I'm just looking through here. They can come after your business just as if you have a logo on your vehicle and get into an accident. There's something to think about. Yep. 
Travis has a point here. I wouldn't put my name on my wing. Some jerk or Karen could report it, even if you're doing nothing wrong. You're exactly right. And that just gives them the bullseye they need. Absolutely. And there would be no question as to, I mean, you couldn't say, you know, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> That's why I put hair life ppg all over my vehicle <laughs> real fly stuff yeah. vehicle yeah. yeah this is macaroni yeah i just go ripping through town boy are they going to be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> that's funny if i could get their phone numbers i'd put them on there too All right. Well, does anybody in the uh, chat have any questions that we might be able to answer or we could probably find something out? <laughs> Put Dell's yeah. number on your yeah. way. There you go. I was just going to read that. Nick. So, oh, my. Hello, Angela and Linda and everyone else. Hey, I know this is the most exciting topic, but I feel better that we just at least maybe elevated it up a notch just to remind people that uh, the, the rules are there for a reason. And, uh, and we need to police ourselves. We, yeah, that's right. So. <coughs> Can we really quickly talk about this past week fly-in that we had, miniature fly-in? No, it's 8.15. We're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see ya. Yeah, let's hear about your fly-in that I didn't okay. get a go-to. Yeah, we invited all our have jobs. Eric, we invited our friends. You didn't show up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we stayed at Lake Wales RV Campgrounds, which, by the way, is full hookups. And when I say full hookups, I mean water, power, and sewer to your campsite for $40, including tax, for $40 a night. It is literally, what would you say, an eight-minute ride from the campgrounds to uh, AV, or to Lake Wales Airport? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we spent Wednesday to Sunday there. How many, how many pilots did we have? There was Will, Mark, Brian, myself. And Keith and Cat. So six six paramotor pilots. Jason. Jason Russell Smith. Yeah, he showed and, up. And the other guy. Yeah. Oh, James, James. James Parker. So we all flew out of uh, uh, Lake Wales Airport, which is the home of uh, Aviator. And uh, we had a really good time. And we cooked a lot of food. We ate a lot of food. And... Uh, I got to meet Mark's mom for the first time. I met his dad, who is an awesome man. Uh, his Mark's mom is freaking awesome as well. And uh, <clears throat> Will lied to me, said that he left a certain amount of money in the blinds of his bungalow in the camper. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so he gave me a little bit more money because, well, I thought, and this is about a good price. And then he overpaid, as usual. 
<laughs> no, it was uh, it was worth it, and uh, I know gas. You know, it's freaking ridiculous the cost of gas, let alone towing a, a big travel trailer. Well, I can assure you, I never ran out of fuel on the way back. Any, are we getting back? Are we getting back to my crash landing too, or just my running out of gas on the way home? <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody in the group here is known. Um, somebody doesn't know what the gaslight means, and uh, may or may not have run out of gas on the uh, interstate on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness I had gas with me. <laughs> so how how was that exactly, Mark? Did uh, did you take off from the interstate with your paramotor to go to the gas station and then fill up five gallons, or how did that work? No, no, I had uh, leftover gas in my in my little uh, para box there, and so I just had to dump it in. Hey, Mark, got a question. When you see yes. that little genie light come on, do you sit there and make wishes? No, I just there's there's one exit in Florida. Well every exit right now the fuel's expensive but i've been to that exit before and i knew i was almost out of fuel but i was like i'm not giving them any business or paying that much money so i just eased on past it yeah i didn't make it to the next one yeah it didn't work out real well for you no whatever do you mean you just rolled by yeah i (laughs) rolled by literally for for a while (laughs) that's okay Here, here you go so my mishap on the way home uh so i have a sway bar system on my camper uh it in the weight oh it's a weight distribution uh bars on my on my camper and in the middle of my wife hooking her side up i asked her to do something else well she didn't complete the process of hooking up the distribution uh bars well, she hooked it up. She just didn't put the pin in it. She left the pin sitting on the battery box. So as I drove away to the gas station, which is about two miles away, she then realized when we were there that the pin's missing. It's not hooked up. We're screwed. This keeps the camper from swaying. And I did I did mention my truck over here was sagging a little bit. It's because it wasn't hooked up correctly because the pin's missing. Anyways, I got my two new pins today. They're already on the camper, ready to go for next uh, next trip. But yeah, we had to, I did I ended up walking probably a mile to try to find if I could see the pin laying in the road. It's a pretty pretty substantial sized pin. It's not like you could easily miss it. I didn't see it, so apparently it's not that hard to miss. That was really about it for me. But you guys had fun? Oh, we had a blast. It was, it was really good. Um, Brian, Smart Car Brian, ended up in the thorn bush. Uh, ended up killing a kill switch a little low over some briars and landed downwind into the briars, <clears throat> all cut up from the briars. Wing was entangled in the briars. Um, Mark's dad, who was a champ, crossed Bob wire, stood in the briars. I stood in the briars, got his wing out, got it over the uh, Bob wire fence, and then uh, 
for some reason, Mark's dad decided he's going to carry his. How Mark? How far would you say was from Brian's crash to where we were at? Two hundred yards. Yeah, it was every bit of two hundred yards. My man is going to carry a wing for two hundred yards. How old is your dad? Um, seventy-nine. Okay. You better know this. Carried a wing balled up as tight as it could be all the way for 200 yards just to set it down so Brian can kite it and figure out if it's damaged or not. Which, by the way, I wouldn't say it's damaged, but it may have about 472 or 73 holes in it from the briars. Little, little, little holes. And he'll still fly it. He will fly. I bet you if he didn't wake up the next Sunday morning with a hangover, he would have flown it that morning. Right. <clears throat> so Paul has a question. Do you run pump gas or 100 low lead? Now, Shane, you run you run 100 low lead, right? Yes. Aviation fuel? I've only run 10 gallons of, I think it was 83 or 82, whatever it is, uh, uh, ethanol free. I bought it on accident. Um, decided why not just burn it. But every all 190 hours has been um, pretty much bad guess. Mark, you what do you run? Uh, I run non ethanol pump gas. Okay, well, same here. Yeah, ethanol yeah. free. I run the same now. See. The difference between non-ethanol and aviation fuel, I can't have my paramotor sitting in my game room if it has pump gas in it because it stinks the entire house up. The 10 gallons that I accidentally bought, I literally have my paramotor and cans, the, the 10 gallon cans, or five, the two five gallon cans in the shed because my entire house stunk like fuel. This ab gas does not have a, uh, a smell to it at all. I actually have my what's left of my ab gas and my five gallon in the back of my truck in 90 degree, yes, I said 90 degree Eric, uh, weather. And I get in my truck, I can't smell it. I, I still don't smell it. I feel funny when I get up driving my truck home, but that's besides the point. Look in here. Come on, I made a joke about how it's 90 degrees here in Florida and Eric still got his heater on. I do. So, uh, Nick said if you're running low lead, you need to add a, a scavenger. And what that does is that keeps the lead buildup off of your head. Yeah. Um, I, pull, I, pull the, uh, I pull the cover off the piston. And then uh, just scrub oh, yeah. it every 25 miles or 25 hours every single time. Never fails. Hey, did you know you're supposed to change your belt every 25 hours and I'm on 190 hours with the original belt? <laughs> I, I only change my belt when I eat more. No, seriously. I found out it's 25 hours and I'm on 190 hours on my motor and it's the original belt. Still going strong, though. If it ain't broke, it, if it ain't broke why fix it? Right. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't even change my spark plug until it starts giving me problems. 
my last spark plug was, I think I had almost 75 or 80 hours on it. And I, since I changed it, I've gone through three spark plugs. Yeah. A lot of times when I change my spark plug, that that's when I start having problems. So I just give me a good plug that works and leave it there until it don't. <laughs> so Paul's asking, where do you find non-ethanol fuel? Um, I'm sure I have it at our local station. It's just uh, it's going to be the high octane, more expensive stuff. But um, there's an app called Pure Gas. That's what I you can get it locally. Well, Pure Gas on the uh, App Store it pulls up all the different places you can get ethanol free gas. Oh. in your area can you put and, that in the chat so and usually usually around any uh, boats also any marine stuff a lot of times there'll be a lot of non-ethanol fuel there yep yeah all of our machines we've never i've never changed a plug I mean, I've taken my dirty ones out and I'll stick those in Jade's machine and I'll take hers and put them in my machine, but I've never changed them. So. All right. Does anybody else have any questions? How much is a gallon of fuel? I don't know. It's a little bit more expensive. I can't tell you. I don't know how much it is over in las vegas now anyways can i ask a question or, or a uh, so from wednesday to sunday can anybody guess how many beers i drank personally myself from wednesday to well, actually it'd be wednesday to saturday night take a guess in the chat real quick you don't win anything other than uh you won let me see. Do we, do, does the panel get to participate? I, 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 I got to do the math real quick. I got to pull a calculator out. Hold on. Well, Mark threw his answer out there. <laughs> Angela, 75. <laughs> see i'm missing some of these i'm i'm posting them up there i'm just saying tony is way off where's tony at uh nick griffith's close no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah tony you're way off bro <laughs> uh, all right so actually the closest person I did see it. It's Travis Dupont. Here is my. Oh shit! It says fifty. He's got forty-eight. From Wednesday to Saturday night, it was forty-eight beers. And I really feel like I was slacking on that, by the way. <laughs> now, if I didn't, now if I didn't have to drive personally to the airport, I would have started a little sooner each day. 
I usually wait till after it turns PM to, to drink anything. But yeah, um, I knew I had to drive, so I didn't drink. So until I got back. Anyways, 48 or 50 is the 50 is the answer. I actually was surprised. And yes, I keep track of my beers because why well, it's an intake thing and I need to make sure I keep my weight down. Which by the way, 205 holding freaking strong, just so you know. Right on. Nice. From two from two forty-nine. Um but, and Brian Waller, after he was halfway there, he started singing that song. Yeah. <laughs> 99 beers. So out of this whole show, this right here is the best comment. Wait, I got to find it. Right there. <laughs> Okay, well, that's in writing right there from the man himself. Right. Yeah. Well, now I officially know how to say DuPont. DuPont. Now, that was a lucky guess. It's because I'm drunk and I'm smarter when I'm drunk and I'm braver and I have more skills, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Mark. Mark's like, I can't even with this guy. Hey, which way, by the way, Mark, I want you to send me the how-to for uh, Saturday's lunch, by the way. I would like that recipe very much. You got it. Okay. Don't, I'll get don't it think, to you. Whoa. Don't say it like that at all. Never say it like <laughs> that ever. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> oh, Lord. So. Hey, you wouldn't believe how rude this guy, this Mark guy is. I mean, he literally pulled my carpets back to drain his tanks in my camp. Like, literally, right at my front door. Just like, oh, we've had Mexican and Taco Bell and what else did you have, Mark? Ice yeah. cream? Oh, that was Will. Quit setting up in my campsite, you and the other guy, both of you. Mark shows up, runs his awning out, just drags it down the camper next to him like, well, you shouldn't be in my campsite. <laughs> <laughs> my awning was in my own campsite. I can't help it that his slide out was there. Yeah, does not play well with others. Oh, that was awesome. I had, hey, Will and Mark, thank you very much. It was a great weekend. I, I truly had a good time. Uh, it ended way too quickly, that's for sure. Uh, the next gathering we're going to, Will, are you going to Ben's? Oh, yeah, you are going to Ben's. I'm going to Ben's as well with Ben. Kristen and I will be there. I think what we're going to do is Thursday night we're going to leave here after work, drive until we get tired, get a hotel room. If the weather is flyable Friday morning, I'll still get there around noon. Just say no. Right on. So. All right. Well, uh, everybody, thanks for stopping by the show. That is, um, hopefully, we've gotten that information out to you. Um, Mark, where can we find you on social media? On uh, YouTube at Paralife PPG. Good deal. Have you been selling a lot of shirts and cups and stickers? Um, if none is a lot, I've been killing it. Good job. 
<laughs> and Shane, where can we find you? You can find me on TikTok at ppgshane.com or YouTube at Never Trust Skinny Chef Shane. And Will? You can find me on YouTube under Will Fly or willflyppg.com. All right. And you can find me at ppglear.com. Well, I want to thank everybody for stopping by. Thanks for everybody in the uh, chat. Appreciate it. Um, and we'll see you next Tuesday. And you can watch Jade tomorrow. She's having a skydiver, I think. I'm not sure. All the shows are running together. Um, you can see her at paramotorgirl.com. So we'll see you guys all uh, next Tuesday. Thanks a lot. Bye. Good night.